If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Calls Cloud Business Phone Service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, the great empire of Chaz has appeared to have fallen in Northwest, well, in the United States, in Seattle, in the Pacific Northwest. And it is a sad day for the people of Chaz, like other empires before it. The great nation, the great empire of Chaz, falling under the weight of its own immorality, its own just disgusting behavior. It is important. It is important to establish a society on truth and principles that can endure. Well, more than two weeks, folks. This this thing lasted two weeks. This social experiment that was, I guess, waged or uh, carried out by a bunch of crazy, radical anarchists. And, of course, not to be ignored for their complicity in this event are the Democrat politicians in the Pacific Northwest, from Governor Inslee to the mayor of Seattle, to other city council leaders, and of course the uh, the law enforcement that were withdrawn. It's not the law enforcement officers' fault per se, but the law enforcement leadership that uh, went along with this silly little notion and plan to withdraw the law enforcement from the precinct, basically giving free reign to the radical, violent, anarchist protesters. They're not, they're not protesters, folks. They're they're anarchists and domestic terrorists. That's what we're dealing with. And so I want to look at that this morning. I also want to talk about one of the leaders of the Black Lives Matter movement admitting to being, this will be shocking to you, a Marxist. That's right, a trained Marxist. She's now admitting to us, which is, of course, what we're dealing with now. We're looking at this chaos, this anarchy, this, well, Marxism, whatever it is, to destroy, dismantle, tear apart the fabric of this great nation. And there's so many things happening around this country that it's hard candidly to keep up. But rest assured, you've tuned in to the right place to navigate this uh, this morning. And welcome to the program. I am your host, Todd Huff. Email is always Todd at ToddHuffShow.com, Facebook.com slash Todd Huff Show for those of you who want to watch the program Live or on demand, 
at Facebook so long as our friends at Facebook allow that to be the case, which of course uh, they always they, they don't always allow that uh, to be the case. And we've got some some crazy stuff to get into uh, this morning. Even though as as one nation of Chaz, Empire of Chaz collapses in Seattle because of shooting and violence. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? I mean, these folks need to be held accountable. The folks that allow this to happen, which candidly in Seattle and Washington State are Democrat politicians. Who would have thought? Who could have had the foresight to see? Uh, that this would have ended the way that it did. Who could have had the foresight to see that this was not a good thing? A bunch of folks who were two weeks ago living in mommy and daddy's basement, coming up above ground, probably had to squint their eyes, put on sunglasses. Even though Seattle's not usually a terribly sunny place, they probably still had to put on some sun uh, sunglasses, maybe some eye black to contend with the bright light above surface. So they can enact their insane, ridiculous nonsense, their anarchy, their complete lawlessness. This is lawlessness is what this is. Now, I pointed out a minute ago that we have the Black Lives Matter movement, one of the leaders admitting to be a, being a trained Marxist. So, you know, on the political spectrum, you know, there's there's different ways of looking at this. I think the traditional way of looking at the political spectrum, looking at fascism to the far right and communism to the far left is not correct. I think that we should look at it as far as not so far, uh, well, not looking at fascism at one end and not, excuse me, and, and communism on the other. Instead, we should look at this as a continuum that says, you know, no government on one end and heavy handed governments on the other. So really fascism and Nazism, of course, and communism, even socialism would be to the little, you know, would not be as far to those heavy handed governments, but it would be towards that end, right? The government taking control of more um, of, of people's lives, taking away their liberties and their freedoms and choices. So, on one end, you would have complete, utter anarchy. And then on the other hand, you would have. I don't know, things like communism, Nazism, fascism, where the government is oppressive, the government is heavy-handed, the government is taking away um, choice, liberty, freedom, those sorts of things. And so limited government says we want – of course, anarchy is silly. We watch what anarchy creates in, in Chaz, and it took two weeks – again, two weeks, folks – that's a little over 300, what is that, almost 168 hours a week times two. So 336 hours, am I, doing my, am I doing my math correct there? 300 and some hours. They ruled for 300 hours. They couldn't even eclipse the 500-hour mark. Think about this. They, they basically, if you look at the root of their, their anger... They've said, oh, I hate the United States of America. The United States of America is a terrible, awful, I'm not saying this, don't misunderstand me. This is what they think. A terrible, awful, despicable place. This country was built upon um, terrible ideas. Now, I will grant you the idea of slavery then, uh, was is immoral and, and evil. 
So we can agree on that. But there are plenty of fantastic principles and ideas that this nation was founded upon that were acknowledged by our framers and our founders. And so these lunatics, these anarchists, these lawless people, woe to him who calls evil good, by the way, these folks who don't don't just want a you know, look, I'm for limited government, but the idea that this should be the Wild West, there should be no law and order, there should be no personal property or whatever else these lunatics think should be the case. I think it's funny, however, that they the first thing they did was seize someone else's property for themselves, right? I mean, they took physical blocks, six or nine blocks or whatever they took at the great empire of Chaz in Seattle. But they, you know, this, they, they hate, they hate the United States at its core for reasons that I don't even think they could articulate, many of them. And of course, you've got a, a wide variety of types. You have, you have folks that have been educated, I'm sure, by some of these radical teachers and professors, these communist types, these anarchist types, or whatever. Anything that's, if the United States and our system of government is kind of the center of this, um, the, you know, this continuum. I'm not saying ideologically, but just whatever the United States is, they want it to be far one direction or the other. They just can't stand it. They hate it. They don't like these ideas. They don't embrace these fundamental truths and principles that you and I hold dear, that you and I believe in, that you and I accept, that you and I um, applaud, that we applaud the freedom of speech and religion, the freedom to be to have your own ideas, the freedom. This is crazy in today's world to actually believe that someone else has the right to his or her own opinion, even if it's not in agreement with mine. That is a radical idea today. In today's world, you have 0.5 seconds to decide which side of the issue you come down on. And usually, usually what should motivate you if you listen to the narrative is your identify you, something that identifies you, a your color, race, ethnicity, gender, sexual orientation, political party, your affiliations, whatever. If your guy does something, your girl, whoever does something, someone that looks a certain way, behaves a certain way, then I'm supposed to embrace it if they you know, are, are a minority or a liberal Democrat or an anarchist. But if it's a Republican or a conservative, we're supposed to look at that differently. It's pathetic and stupid and reprehensible. And you know, the law is supposed to be blinded to those things. Now that's all we're taught. That's all we're this, this entire movement is, is focused on this, but it's not – look, I understand. We've been through this before. Whatever has happened or whatever to whatever degree racial uh, justice or injustice exists in whatever, a particular um, city or state law enforcement team, whether that be state police, local police, whatever, to whatever degree that exists, even if it's one person – of course, that should be eradicated and dealt with. Of course, no problems with that. Absolutely. But this has become much more than that. This is a political movement. This is a revolution, an attempted revolution, an attempted coup, an attempted insurgency. This is what, they, this is what the Chaz is. It's an insurgency. It's domestic terrorism. It's taking over a city, something that doesn't belong to them. 
under the guise of whatever the movement of the moment is, but it's really it's really just an outright hatred for the United States of America. It's a hatred for those principles, the truths that the United States simply embraced and accepted, things that our founders were geniuses about, looking at human nature and history and philosophy, studying these things, understanding the role um, that government plays, should play, questioning the way that it had worked throughout throughout history, this concept that people are not just citizens or, excuse me, are citizens instead of subjects to some royalty or some group of oligarchs or whatever. They question that. They're the ones, folks, that unleash the power of the individual, and not because they created it. They simply recognized that it was already put into existence by a creator, dare I say God. Oh. <gasps> My goodness. Founders understood that. They understood that. They accepted. They knew that those rights that we had, the ones that we hold so dearly here in this nation, at least we used to until idiots like Chaz came along to tell us there's a better way. And it, their society, their empire collapses in a little over 300 hours under the weight of its own immorality. This nation that we are living in here in the United States, though far from perfect, far from perfect, and by the way, imperfect because it's filled with imperfect people just like any other nation on planet Earth, on planet Earth that's ever existed, by the way, just because, just because that there's imperfection, there's evil in our history, that's been, that's been eradicated and atoned for. And insofar as it exists today, that needs to continue to happen. But let us not conflate things. Not us, let us not misunderstand things and confuse things and start to heap things like Marxism into the conversation and things like anarchy into the conversation. Let's stay focused on one issue at a time. But no, that's not what they want. These folks are professional rebel rousers. They are professional well, – rioters, professional, I mean, insurgents, domestic terrorists. This stuff has to stop. We can improve this nation without radical, radical, radical revolution. We can do that. In fact, what are we really ultimately revolting from? Is it these core principles and precepts that I laid out, the things that are the foundational base of this great nation? Are those the things that we really want to revolt from and have a revolution over? Is that really what we should be doing? I know in the minds of some people, progress simply means change. So whatever the circumstances are today, progress in their corrupted way of thinking means that it's anything but what it is right now. See, that's not an accurate way of looking at true progress. And yes, Oz is telling me it's time to take a break here, but True progress is what our founders said in order to make a more perfect union. You don't abandon every single thing. You improve the things that need to be improved upon. And the things that have landed near truth, the things that have landed near the best way of living, the best type of freedom or society or what have you, this side of heaven, when you've landed close to that, yeah, sure, you can, 
you can nudge the mark a little bit to get it closer to center. You can make it more perfect. You can't make it perfect, per, completely perfect, of course. That's not possible on planet Earth. But you can strive to make it better. But you don't take everything and throw it out the window because a bunch of disgruntled basement dwellers decide to take over a part of the city demanding whatever it is that they're demanding. You can't even keep up with this nonsense. Anyway, I got a lot more to say about this, but the United States of America is founded on many, many fantastic, absolutely true principles and ideas. I am not including in that, of course, the evils of slavery. That has been corrected and that has been addressed. I am talking about the other things that you'll find enshrined in our document, in our Bill of Rights, and some of the writings of the founders. Those things have unleashed, unleashed, folks, the power of the individual, liberty, freedom, prosperity on this planet in ways that was only dreamed of before the creation of this great nation. So, Talk more about this when we get back. But it is a sad day for those who thought that the nation of Chaz held on it an element of truth because it has crumbled under the weight of its own immorality, lasting a mere 14 days or just a little bit over 300 hours. <laughs> it's just remarkable if you stop and think about it. But I've got to take a break. Sit tight. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. So, been talking here about this ideological war that's happening, that's being waged in the United States of America, and it's taking a lot of different forms. Currently, it's taking the form of what we're seeing, and not just in Seattle with Chaz or Chop or whatever other silly name they want to come up with, but it's taking the form of, well, you can look at Antifa. It's infiltrated the ranks of Black Lives Matter, and I know that's a sensitive issue for many people. I understand, but I'm going to play you a a soundbite from one of the co-founders of the Black Lives Matter movement, and you can hear her in her own words describe, describe her ideology. She says that she is a trained Marxist. Folks, there was a day in this great nation where we where we fought Marxism. I mean, the entire Cold War was against Soviet communism. There were two ideologies, two two predominant ideologies. This is overly simplistic, of course, because there's other there were other ideologies, but two superpowers in this world that were vying for kind of, I mean, I say supremacy, but that's that's misunderstood because I'm not saying the United States wanted to have the same totalitarian control over the world that uh, that Soviet communism did. I'm just saying wanted to uh, you know win this ideological battle. One was on the side of freedom and liberty in the individual. The other was on the side of totalitarianism, of government control of everything under the guise, by the way, under the the phony make-believe guys that it was for the, the, the individual that was 
for things like equality and how great that sounded. Of course, in order to have equality, you had to give total control of your life to the government, to those you know, who, who just knew better than you. We're all basically buffoons, and the great uh, Soviet communist leaders, the dictators, they're the ones that understood. They're the ones that are smarter than the rest of us, better than the rest of us, could answer all of life's difficult questions. This is just what they do, and we're just supposed to accept that. We're just supposed to embrace that. And there was an ideological war in the 19, well, after World War II, right? Stalin and Winston Churchill and FDR formed a coalition in World War II, the Allied forces that ultimately led to the defeat of Nazism and Japanese imperialism back in the 19, mid-1940s when World War II finally came to an end. But Quickly thereafter, there became an ideological divide between the Soviet Union and – well, there was at the time. We just were able to work past that, kind of kind of see past that momentarily. And candidly, who knows what would have happened if Hitler uh, partnered with, instead of attacking, Joseph Stalin and the Soviet Union. I mean that's a, you know, one of the fatal mistakes of history. I don't want to get into that. That's not really the purpose of this particular conversation or of this even of this per- program in general but you know what i mean i mean there what would have happened if if stalin was on the side of of hitler instead of the allied powers that could have been a much much different uh, outcome or scenario for the for the allied forces but anyway soon thereafter the soviet union and the united states entered into a cold war and there's a series of, of actual wars that were fought, although none directly between the United States and the Soviet Union. You could say via proxy or still an extension of the ideological conflict. When you look at the battle, um, the Korean the Korean conflict, the Korean War, that was fueled by the communism, the, the ideology of the Soviet Union. When you look at the Vietnam War, the containment strategy, all these things, they spawned from our ideological divide, our ideological conflict with the Soviet Union. In the United States, look, we stood for freedom, the individual, uh, human human rights, freedom of speech, religion, uh, freedom of association, the right to keep and bear arms, right? The, the communism, the, the communists stood in direct opposition to that, that they are the antithesis the true antithesis of what this nation is. And so there was a time, and I know that this was, you know, we get into things like McCarthyism and so forth, but there was a time when being called a communist was not something you were applauded for. Now, they'll say Marxist today. I don't know if half the people you know in this audience, but I don't know if half the people you talk to realize that Marxists and communists, they're all in one big bucket, ideological bucket, one that's oppressive, by the way. But so maybe they don't like the word communist, but they'll they'll use the word Marxist to describe themselves. And it wasn't, by the way, that long ago that you didn't want to be called a socialist either. Now that's also embraced if you throw the word democratic in front of it. 
Southern, Southern, that fixes everything. You're Democratic Socialist Bernie Sanders, which basically means that you believe you can take someone else's property, things that they produce and provide for themselves and their family, if enough people say that you have the right to do that. That's effectively what that means. And of course we know, and of course, of course others refuse to accept this, but communism has at its foundation socialist, a socialist view of, of the economy. Communists and socialism are kissing cousins, so to speak. One is a much more extreme version, but they're they're rooted in the same sort of mindset. One one insists that you can have a free society, although a government controlled economy. The other says to heck with that, communism would say, we can control everything. Don't just stop with an economy. Let's 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 control every aspect of their lives, who they worship, if they worship, how they worship how they speak, whether they can talk badly about their government, right? How much they make will control pricing. Of course, this this is living in a fantasy world. I mean, one only needs to look at the the social experiment of the Soviet Union to see how this ideology is completely and utterly morally bankrupt, even though they come in and tell us they tell us that it's morally superior. Of course it's not. Of course it's not. But this is the ideology that's fueling a lot. And I know there's a lot of different you got anarchists, you got Marxists, you got you got socialists, you got people that just want free stuff. You got a bunch of different people in this crowd. But the Marxists, they know this. Right? And so what they all these folks know is that they don't like the United States as founded. They want something different. And so they all kind of join forces here to, to some degree. Whether you want anarchy on one hand or totalitarianism on the other, you realize that in, in, your, in your mind that your enemy is the United States. What's standing between you and your distorted view of utopia is the United States and, and how it was founded, the system of government. So you know that you have to basically overthrow it, stage a coup. That's what's happening here. As shocking as it is maybe to hear those words, that's what these folks are trying to do. It's a revolution. It's a revolution. And this this has been building gradually over decades, gradually over decades. So some people who are just not getting, you know, starting to pay attention might think that, you know, they talk in terms of what might happen one day. These things are happening before our very eyes at this moment. So got to take a break here. Continue this conversation. When we return, you're listening to Conservative Not Bitter Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back. So, talking about this ideological divide here in this nation and how there's a lot of different voices or ideologies that are battling the United States of America as founded. And look, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of different groups that are vying to basically take political control of this great nation. We've got even outside of the the chaos that we're seeing, things like 
you know, the, the Black Lives Matter. Again, I'm not talking about the protests. I'm talking about the riots. We've been through this until I, I mean, I'm sick from having to talk about the difference between a protest and a riot. Some people still refusing to understand the difference. By the way, let me add to that list. If you find yourselves at a, at a meeting, at a assembly of people, and you throw a rope or chain around a statue and forcibly tear said statue down, you are no longer at a protest. You are at a riot. See, folks, rioting includes violence. I know if some leftist is listening right now, some anarchist, you might be confused by this, but rioting includes violence. Violence includes lots of things, throwing rocks, starting fires, dancing on police cars, uh, getting in officers' faces, flipping them off. I saw one uh, the other day where uh, someone was in the face of an officer. I think they were blowing cigarette, uh, excuse me, marijuana smoke up the uh, in the face of the officer. He had like the, the shield on and they were blowing it up uh, underneath his, his riot gear shield, holding the middle finger about three inches from his nose as he stood there just holding formation as he was supposed to, as he was dealing with a bunch of insane lunatics. And, but these, this sort of stuff is, is, is violent. Dancing on cop cars, smashing out windows, setting businesses on fire, looting. This is a riot. And everyone knows this. Everyone knows this, but they like it to be confusing. They like it to be, um, unclear. They want to. They want to piggyback. Um, well, they they, they want to take advantage of circumstances. They want to take advantage of the true problems, the true protests, and they want to exploit that. That's what they want to do, and that's what they've successfully done in many instances. But I want to mention this, and I've got a again a little bit long in the first couple of segments here, so I'm going to have to play this clip after. After the break, but I've been telling you that there's an ideological war in this nation and that the founders, there's three listed founders of the Black Lives Matter movement, Alicia Garza, Patrice Cullors, I forgive me if I'm pronouncing the last name incorrectly, C-U-L-O-O-R-S, and Opal Tometi, T-O-M-E-T-I. So these are the three listed founders of Black Lives Matter and um, one of them was being interviewed. I don't have the name of the show that she was being interviewed on. I just saw a clip. This was actually retweeted um, from Liz. I think it was Liz Wheeler of OAN, who, of course, they portray. The media wants you to believe OAN is the 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 radical group here, right? I want you to listen to this uh, this brief snippet from this interview, where one of the founders, Patrice. Colors says that her and at least one of the so two of the three founders of the Black Lives Matter movement have ideological training in you guessed it Marxism. They're trained Marxists. Think about that. They are trained Marxists. They admit that their ideology, their movement is rooted in Marxism. You think that the average person protesting and saying that they're in agreement with Black Lives Matter, you think that they realize this? 
I know Colin Kaepernick. That's a whole other story. I've got a whole um, story between Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick is going to have have a display or something at uh, – I got to get the name of the actual – it's going to be in a museum, folks. Colin, <laughs> Colin Kaepernick, who, by the way, also embraces Marxists. So Colin Kaepernick is good with this fundamental ideological um, – well, framework of Black Lives Matter. She admits this, Patrice Kohlers, and I'm going to play that after the break, but we're engaged in an ideological battle here. And what they want, they want people who are not in agreement with this, whether they be black Americans or white Americans. You know what they call, you know, you've heard these names. I'm not going to repeat them on here, but the things that they'll call conservative black Americans or Republican black Americans or Trump supporting black Americans, right? They, I've, I'm not going to say what they call them, call them, but they do. They call them very derogatory names. And of course they have names for us as well in that list of names is included racist. So they, they try to, they try to intimidate, intimidate you from speaking out. So so if they can make this all about race or something else to where you're uncomfortable, to where I am, I'm uncomfortable, they can meanwhile have free reign out there in advancing Marxism. Does that sound remotely fair or reasonable to you? I mean, strategically, I got to give it to them. Bravo. Bravo, ladies, for coming up with a, a way to silence those of, those of us who um, – disagree with Marxism, which used to be a common thing, but now it's becoming more and more common, I guess, to embrace this nonsense, this evil, this reprehensible evil. That is what Marxism is. It is straight from the pits of hell evil, folks. Marxism. Marxism kills. I need do nothing more than point back to the 20th century and direct you to a couple of sources on history to see. You don't have to know some of these sources on history. You know. You saw the pictures from the Soviet Union. You've heard of the gulags. You've heard of Mao Zedong. You've heard of some of these other radical communist leaders and dictators, Fidel Castro. They kill. They kill their own citizens without reason, without justice they just kill and i've got to take a break sit tight we'll continue this and i'll play the soundbite when we get back you're listening to conservative not bitter not bitter talk i'm your host todd huff back in just a minute Welcome back, folks. So last segment, last actually that last break, you heard that Indie Decorative Concrete is hiring. They are hiring. They're one of our newer advertisers. If you have experience in that particular field in concrete, decorative concrete, and you're thinking, look, I know that you may be on your way to work right now. And you may be thinking, man, I'm not looking forward to today. You may be looking for a change, a new new direction, and so forth. If you think it might be a good fit, go to IndieDecorativeConcrete.com to visit their website to learn more. Or you can call them as, the, as well, 317-784-1464, 317 784 
1464. Tell them you're interested in learning more about their position. Be sure to tell them that the Todd Huff Show sent you as well. So again, that's IndieDecorativeConcrete.com. So I want to play, as I promised last segment, I want you to hear in their own words, and this is just one of the founders of Black Lives Matter, but nonetheless, one of them, and she's explaining the ideological framework of the Black Lives Matter movement. I want you to make a note of this. I want you to have this information um, prepared in response when someone says to you, do you support Black Lives Matter? Because, of course, they're they're trying to get you to comment on what the stated purpose of the group is, which is protecting black lives from law enforcement. Of course, no one's against this. We believe, that again, that all lives matter. I know you're not allowed to say that. That's in the minds of these radicals, the scourge of the earth. But nonetheless, they want you to think it's about one thing, but really listen to her tell you what it is about. So when someone asks you, are you in favor of Black Lives Matter, ask yourself, are you a Marxist? Do you believe in the fundamental precepts and principles of Marxism? Here it is. I want you to listen to it in her own words. Um, I also think that it might um, – I think of a lot of things. The first thing I think is that we actually do have an ideological frame. Um, myself and Alicia in particular are trained organizers. Um, we uh, are trained Marxists. Um, we are uh, – super uh, versed um, on sort of ideological theories. And I think that what we really try to do is build a movement that could be utilized by many, many black folk. There you go. Tell you what, she's not good at. She's not good at speaking. My goodness, like 19 ums and a 30-second soundbite there. Um, But they've thought through the ideology and they embrace it. And they go as far to say that if you're a black American, this ideology is apparently for you, which is insane. Morally bankrupt ideology. Friends, this has to be stopped. We can't let them get away with what they're doing. And we've just scratched the surface. Everyone, everyone is is applauding this group, putting signs out, hashtag BLM or hashtag, hashtag Black Lives Matter or And they're endorsing this. They're endorsing people who say that their framework is Marxism. Remarkable. Remarkable strategic move by Black Lives Matter here. But it's an assault on this nation. They are not. If their framework is Marxism, my friends, they are a fundamental enemy of the foundations of our Constitution and Declaration. Now, they'll say they are because of of slavery And I'll say that that was reprehensible, and they should stand against that, of course. But they're standing against much, much more than just that. They're standing against the good, fundamentally true, and you know, praiseworthy, praiseworthy foundations of this nation that involve the freedoms and liberties that we all embrace today. So I've got to take a time out. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. Waning moments of 
hour number one here. But fear not, my friends. We are broadcasting hour number two, hour number two on YouTube here in about six minutes, five and a half minutes, actually. So if you want to check it out on YouTube, go to Todd Huff Show. Well, just search the Todd Huff Show on YouTube, and we will be there at three after the top of the hour. So more to get to a couple of things I didn't get to, including the latest coronavirus data and the fight over what that means and so forth. And hopefully have uh, time to get to that in an hour or two. But guys, sit tight or join us over at YouTube. SDG, see you in a few.